Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the X Show. I'm your host, as always, Tony Shu, and I have with me a special guest. Her name is Christine McKellis, who's founder of Stump Academy, and is waiting here to talk about one of the books that she's really alive on. I'm going to tell you what this learning that's happening today is called the Priority Formula. It's about how, as leaders, and really anybody, you could, you could, could create a systematic way in order to increase their productivity. So, without any further, let's give, give, give a, let's give a big welcome to Christine. You can introduce yourself. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, I'm Christine, um, marketing and creative startup coach, and supporting entrepreneurs uh, with my creative startup academy in starting out marketing them in a successful way as well as creating a work-life balance i think that every entrepreneur deserves <laughs> yeah interesting you mentioned that because i just spoke to a guy who uh, who owns some dog movie franchises yesterday can you really tell me that one house as well that's the healthiest way to go about entrepreneurship i, I certainly don't no, I don't. And I, and everyone, this is um, hassling and grinding and all these trendy words in this entrepreneurship world that people are, seem to be a lot of times also proud of um, until obviously they burn out and see, oh, it's not that cool. <laughs> and I think there is a lot of work, of course, always, and there will be always a lot of work. So we don't need to be delusional and think, oh, at some point I don't have to work as much. Um, because it's never-ending work. However, also, if you, you the more time you put in and the more effort you put in, it seems that you probably grow faster, and that's why people do that. But I'm a strong believer of you can grow slower by taking care of yourself as well and taking some time off and have a weekend where you don't work, have the evenings off, and have a, have a life as if you would be employed. Hmm. That should be the end game, end goal for everyone, <laughs> or even work less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people. For a lot of people, I, I think that I think that proper proper happiness comes with open hands. And uh, well, well, certainly some people who two twenty four seven. That's just the way of it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs may feel trapped. Why here in the US, it's it's that hustle culture. Like you gotta get out there, you gotta grind, like you said every single day. Justine um, actually is a colleague in from Italy. I filmed it in London. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm I'm outside. I'm like an hour still away from Milan, but uh, let's say yeah, close to Switzerland as well. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds beautiful. And uh, is is there is the hustle culture is that prominent in the in Europe as well? where you go in Europe <laughs> some other some countries are more laid back than other ones um, me being German for sure we're um, if you if you of course play stereotypes of course yeah everyone is different and there's these people and there's those people however um, in Germany we have this high achiever productivity punctuality kind of mentality and working culture. Um, in Italy, it might be a bit more laid back, uh, more flexible, less mm, precise, let's say. Um, 
And then if we look at other countries, I mean, I lived also in Sweden, also there, very productive, very straightforward and, and direct. Um, it really depends. But also in Sweden, for example, they're extremely um, conscious about having a work-life balance, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I see that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more companies are kind of giving towards the work-life but there's always this here this kind of perception, like you, like you said, that the only work is the biography and it's, it's pretty just straight, it's pretty just straight line. And I think, I think even if the activity from it, like when we teach, we teach some potential entrepreneurs, sometimes they will kind of, well, forget about that, so maybe that productivity, maybe that productivity line is a bit of a straight line, it's more of a bell curve. In the middle of somewhere, there's a sweet spot. Yeah, sorry, what I would just like quickly to add is just because you're getting more productive doesn't mean you need to get more things done. I think the, a nice maybe new point of view is you get more productive to get the things done quicker that you are doing anyway or that you have to do and have more time for yourself outside of work. So um, I think it's really important to separate your business life from your personal life, even though it is your life in a sense, because uh, you're an entrepreneur, it's your baby, it's your thing. However, don't forget to do things outside of that and switch off. And that means the more productive you get, the more time you win back for yourself. Uh, there you go. And, and uh, as uh, I would like to say here, time is money. And so we definitely want to conserve as much time as possible. Yeah. So you know about the productivity formula. Could you share the formula with us here today? Yes. Um, it's just a bit of a background because I never wanted to write a book about productivity because there's a lot of great books out there, a lot of best-selling uh, productivity books out there and everything. However, um, really, a lot of people told me, but you should write one because you're the most productive person I know. Um, and I'm someone who likes to support other people and see, okay, maybe something I'm doing might work for someone else. There's no thing fits all. Um, however, I, I like to give actionable step, steps, and that's also the feedback I received from that book, that it's in that way a bit different to other ones because it pushes you into action and not just giving you, okay, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that, or here's a bit of theory, um, but there's clear action points in there that people should do. And I like to put that into easy, memorable things, and that means for me an acronym. So a lot of my books are written with uh, five steps, six steps, something like that. And they then I use an acronym to, to explain those. And for the productivity formula, I chose the acronym output. Well, because first of all, that's uh, very relevant for the topic, but it really fits into everything that I think is important to dive into that topic and to get more productive. Okay, so when you think of, you know, the productivity formula, I mean, how, how specifically do you think that there's, how, how specifically, what specifically do you address in order to well, this productivity of, of an entrepreneur? I'm really, really just really looking to get more stuff done for the short amount of time. 
yeah yeah okay so like I said, I'm using the acronym output and just a quick overview what that stands for. So the O stands for observe yourself. And then I can go in deeper into each one of these points to explain a bit more and maybe even give some action points for people to take immediately. So the O is observe yourself. The U and output is unbox your motivation. Then we have the tackle your distractions, followed by programming your mind utilizing tools and to be continued so that's just like out there why i chose this acronym output and um, let's dive maybe into the first one observe yourself so why do i think it's really important to observe yourself before you actually start improving <laughs> because obviously if you don't know how you're doing things at the moment how do you know what you can change or want to change or have to change in order to become more productive. So step one, observing yourself. This way you can really identify areas that you should improve. And this can be a really daunting task at first, um, but it will be really worth it. And it might be difficult and take also time. So it's not like, okay, here, you read the book. And once you've read through, that's it. You don't have to do anything because you know the, th the things... Like I said, you have to take action. And this is also with observing yourself. This can be over the time of, of weeks or even months. And it's a constant thing, actually. It, it's not like you do this once and then that's it. It's like when you have your own business, you constantly probably see what's happening in the market. And you do a bit of, you keep an eye on your competitors and things like that. So, and that's the same thing with here. You need to continue observing yourself and being very conscious about the things that you do and how you do them. Now, if you want, I can go through in a, in a few things that I think people should observe. Um, if you, yeah, if you want. I think that uh, again, a little more detail of it. You know, it's always great to read a book, but we have an excellent opportunity here to talk to this person who really wrote the book itself. And uh, it's definitely Let's definitely not let that go to words here. And I do like, I do really like the observe um, component of the ancient Chinese problems from Saint Zeus, the old way, that if you know yourself, you will have a victory in return. If you don't know yourself, not the enemy, you will suffer a defeat for every victory. If you know yourself, you're going to lose it every time. I found that as a excellent way introducing a modern spin to ancientism. Because I do think that while a lot of stuff holds value right now, it's a little esoteric for people to understand. And, um, and you know, there's, there's that piece of Roman friends uh, that I can't, I can't remember exactly how long it pans out. It comes out to, there's nothing to do under the sun. A lot of things that people know, a lot of these things are kind of really fun, but it's not an education of them that brings a little value to it. Because it's like, for example, that. At the end of the day, it just brings down to calories and calories out. But there's so many different ways that we put yourself and how exactly to manage that and how exactly to incorporate that into your life that it's still that it's not enough simply something you have to tell you have to also teach them and get them actionable steps like you are 
of knowing to achieve it. And so without yeah. further ado, let's, 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 let's actually dive into some of because I'm really interested to hear the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly that. However, I have to say knowledge doesn't change anything. It's about taking the action. So what, whatever, you know, if you don't use it and if you don't put it into action, nothing will ever change and you will not achieve anything. <laughs> if I can be that blunt. However, um, so observing yourself, if we look into certain things, there's so much that you can look into. I'm just going to give some pointers um, because obviously I could talk an hour about that, but I'm going to give some pointers for people to get started. So one is your morning routines, after work routines, evening routines, working routines, so all kind, all kind of routines that you have and that you might want to establish or that you might want to get rid of. And um, on purpose, don't say bad or good routines because that's for everyone else to decide what's bad or good and what works for them or what doesn't. I'm using just the word routines and the things that work for you or don't work for you and the things that you want to get rid of or that you want to add. I strongly would recommend you have a morning routine before you start that has nothing to do with work. I personally have a two-hour morning routine where uh, I meditate, where I exercise, where I do some um, yoga, where I where I learn a language, uh, that where I write something, where I have a gratitude journal um, and all kind of other things. So it's two hours that I fill usually, that which gives me actually the the sense of achievement before I actually start my working day. It's amazing because I'm that person that needs this, okay, I've done something during the day. I love crossing things off the to-do list and things like that. But it also helps me to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> to be ready for the day um, and to be calmer and, and things like that. So I would really recommend looking into your morning routines. What do you do? They don't have to be um, two hours. And for sure, don't start with it, trying to establish to our morning routine. Start small, um, but we come to that later. Um, and then you can think about a routine that you have, like a little ritual that you have once you finish your working day. So that also signals to the brain that you're now transitioning to something else and helps uh, to switch off better. And then obviously there's something like an even, evening routine if you like to, um, again, some meditation or exercise, maybe some stretching, whatever it is. Strongly recommend looking into your lunchtime habits. So most entrepreneurs eat in front of their computer whilst they're replying to emails or something. And really like it's doing that. Yes. Get away from the screen and eat. I'm not saying you have to implement mindful eating and chew everything 30, 40 times because also it's a time thing, of course. However, if you do lunch, try to gain back the lunch break, if you can, even an hour where you eat and then maybe take a walk afterwards outside in nature if you can. But it all depends where you live, what your setup is and everything. However, really not working whilst you're eating. However, we're talking about observing for now, okay? And one other thing that's really important, when you observe and write down some notes about what you discover about yourself and how you're dealing with things, don't judge yourself. Don't judge whilst you're observing. It's really just to neutrally write down. Um, so I'm already giving, getting ahead of myself to say, okay, make sure you get away from the screen whilst you're eating. However, if you do eat in front of the screen whilst 
responding to emails or something, write that down, what you do. Um, listening habits, okay, how do you actually listen to people? Is it active listening? Is it passive listening? Is it, mm, I'm, I'm listening but not really because I have one other million things in my head that I'm already thinking about. Um, and then a big one is the inbox habits, okay? How do you deal with your inbox? Do you have um, 10,000 emails in your inbox? Are they sorted? Are they not sorted? How do you deal with that? Do you check your emails on specific times? Do you constantly check them? Do you get notifications on your phone and on your laptop or your computer or whatever you're using? Think about that. Mm. And then a few other things is to-do lists. What kind of lists are you using? Work environment. What does your work environment look like? Um, how do you talk to yourself? Self-talk as well as dealing with stress and just what you do in your everyday life. Just to give a short breakdown of what I think should be preserved. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds to me like what you're emphasizing here is, is, is that you need, you need time and space in order to properly think about what it is that you're doing. It's something, it's, it's, you know, it's working smooth and so what you want to tell you by giving yourself that kind of mental wound to take these brains and say, I'm just going to take my brain away now. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to eat my lunch, just enjoy yourself and relaxing for a second here. It's almost like you're changing your It's almost like you're changing your mental path. And then it's allowing yourself to expand it more because I'm going to in that. Um, you know, there's um, a class example I think of this. You know, kind of some people like Brock and Mark Zuckerberg. So you always every time you see them. I think Brock and Brian may have just like five suits that are literally the same thing. And it's because um, they don't want to make the decision. And so it'll pull up to where in the board. They just do it and they don't know how to think about it. And that way you don't suffer for as much decision fatigue and they can save their mental boundaries for making, you know, the second time you're going perhaps. And he said, what are you working in the morning? And I really don't like what you touched upon earlier with, you have to take action on these steps. I'm sure you, you, and I've a lot of people who have great ideas, absolutely concepts, this kind of vision that we're going to change the way we'll start. I did some time to start with one of you, and you have to, and you and you will start accounting, so you have to. But then it comes to the, you know, the execution of how exactly you're going to, going to go on doing this, which a lot of times it doesn't necessarily as exciting. You know, if I'm doing something as simple as I have to find a payroll system for my employees, it's not as exciting as I want to reinvent it. I want to invent this technology that's going to upheave the world. But there are real tactical things that you need to do in order to have a properly functioning business. Yeah. And I love what you're doing because you have there's many things you can do in order to actually have a partner. And I don't know what you said. Knowledge is not sufficient. Knowledge is not sufficient. It's what's going to get you there. Yes, exactly. And then the other thing is that um, because we're mentioning so often now that it's a, a, a long journey, it's a never-ending journey as well, actually, because you might change 
your business might change, the world might change, and you have to be flexible about how you're delivering, what you're doing, uh, developing new products. Maybe you don't, you fall out of love with your business and then want to start something new. So you constantly need to be motivated, which leads into the next step, unbox your motivation. You need to know actually what motivates you to stay motivated and to motivate yourself because usually when you start out as a startup, as an entrepreneur, and let's say you're, you're not a growing big team uh, yet, um, or maybe you're a solopreneur, like they say, um, whatever you, you are and whatever you do, you probably need to motivate yourself more than anyone will motivate you. <laughs> okay. And sometimes the cause is motivating you. Sometimes you're motivating to get away from something. Sometimes it's solving a problem. So something, think about what's motivating you for a specific goal that you have. And is it something that where you want to get towards to? So that's like a towards to um, motivation or an away from motivation. So do you want to get away from something? Knowing this already helps you then to take action to motivate yourself using words, um, visualizing things, what it looks like when, when you get away from something or when you achieve something. So I don't talk too much more about that second step because there's so many motivational theories, but maybe just a little one are you more motivated towards something or getting away from something will already help you um, with your motivation. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's critical. And like you said, there's a lot to use of the tools colloquial to understand something. And you have to be prepared with the internal motivation and confidence in order to detect a lot of stuff through because as I see like, um, like personal positions, you are responsible at the end of the day for everything that goes on in your company. Maybe not when you're there. That still holds kind of true in the way that, like, the really, really big leagues and the up of the Elon Musk and the Mark Zuckerbergs. You're still responsible for what happens in your company. There's no, that's, and that needs to be, uh, it needs to be something that's kind of cognizant. In your, in your and so that's, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone. It depends on what the motivation is, but if they have the right motivation and they have the right mindset, and as you said, if you go to staff learning, because the business environment is always changing, there's always some, there's an entire industry, startups that you focus on, that's basically changing in the business world every single day. And you have to be able to keep up with all that stuff. And now yes. the pace that things are going, it's going. Things that you did 10 years ago could be out, could be trying to out there. Yes, for sure. And it's not just knowing motive, how what motivates you. If you do have a team, if you do have a co-founder, um, if you have employees, if you have suppliers, if you have uh, freelancers that you outsource to, you better know what, what's motivating them as well. So. You have this leadership role. If you're starting a company, you have a leadership role, and that's leading the company, like you also just mentioned. Leading yourself is what we talked about, but also leading the team. So there's these three pillars of, of leadership. Um, there's also a book about this, however, just to quickly <laughs> mention those. So it's about leading the company, leading yourself, and leading the team. These are all different things, 
but intertwined and are very similar. And now what's what's keeping us from being more productive? There's a couple of things. So it's distractions and procrastination, I would say, obviously. So the two things. Um, to get away from procrastination is already knowing what motivates you and things like that. And then we have things that distract you. And this is also one thing that you would have probably observed. Okay, I get distracted because I have all notifications set and switched on on my phone. So I get all the notifications. If someone likes a post I did on Instagram, if someone messaged me on LinkedIn, if I received an email, if someone is calling me, whatever it is, that could be that. So I would um, really recommend making a list of all the things when you're observing yourself that are distracting you. What's keeping you from staying focused to get into this flow state, as they say, and and make a list of that. And possible things are like the smartphone, for sure. Um, it's a plague. It's it's a it's a lovely thing, and I use it all the time for everything. If I want to learn a new language, uh, if I if I need to work and I don't have my laptop, I can do that from my phone. Um, I can do phone calls. I can see social media. The phone is is like the the entire world in your hand, which is amazing. However, it has its dark sides, like every technology, and you have to be able to use it, but not being used by it. And that's very, very difficult. And that can be very difficult. And we talk about some things later on. Um, maybe you have a TV or radio in the background that might be distracting, depending on what you're listening to, maybe a playlist on Spotify, some music can be distracting because maybe you're listening to the to the lyrics and then you you jump up and down and you dance a bit, you sing along, but maybe you create a productivity playlist. But we talk about that later on as well, that you can listen to phone calls. Um, maybe there's disorder around you and you clean up instead of working, talking about procrastination as well, finding other things that are more important in that moment, but probably aren't. Um, some news can distract you. So there's so much that can distract you. And then, like I said, the first thing is acknowledging, observing what is that that's distracting you. Uh, I would really recommend um, blocking time for certain things that you need to do. So if you do need to do social media, if you're not outsourcing that, for example, so if you need to prepare some posts, if you need to reply, comment, message, or whatever you want to do and have to do on social media, block time for that. Don't get distracted every time the, there's a notification and go in, um, but set yourself a time for that in your calendar. Okay, every day between 9 and 10, I don't do nothing else than that. Um, maybe set yourself times for checking your emails, set yourself some time for lunch, <laughs> all these things. If you get distracted by the place that you're in, remove yourself physically. Find another work environment where you don't get distracted. Maybe you work in a co-working space and there's people that are distracting you because they constantly chat to you and you don't want to be unpolite and say, Please go away. I need to work. <laughs> um, you probably can't say that and you don't want to say that. So physically remove yourself. Um, and maybe it's something that might be a bit unconventional. Schedule distraction time. <laughs> okay. It's okay 
because we do get distracted. But if you, that really does something to your brain. If you schedule in, okay, in this hour, I can be distracted with all kind of things. Then you invite that in that hour and you don't have to get distracted the other time. So just uh, a few thoughts on that step. <laughs> yeah, and I like what you're saying. It matches up with a lot of that of what I've observed with a lot of different entrepreneurs is that it's you're making and turning everything into a, a system, into a process that can be repeated over and over again. You're working on this it's a these are strengths as well. You're so get rid of them and make sure to not again. That's a process, that's a system that you have in place to do productivity. I know absolutely not that I need to send an email from like at least five important emails. I need to fill out this documentation every single day. You said you said something, and the the the, benefit, the glory of having the system's place is that when you have somebody who is fairly consistent, you can improve upon. You can take a look at it and say, "Okay, we can do this better. We can we should have done this a little differently." But when you don't have the system, everything's just kind of like you're doing that for the reason. When you don't have things like commerce, priorities, common people telling you different things, different things, you're jumping around logically. You lose that. You lose that ability to repeat and improve upon what the process is. And I think that's a critical. That's a that's a that's a critical feed that I'm getting from Christine. For sure, for sure. And sometimes we also manipulate ourselves on purpose or not on purpose, um, where um, we don't really want to get something done for whatever reasons, even without knowing it. So subconsciously, we might manipulate ourselves not to get things done or not to tackle a task or switch a, a notification off or something. And that's where actually the next steps also comes in. They program your mind because you have to have the right mindset and be open to change. Okay, so you observe everything. You know you want to get more productive and you have to be more productive because you don't want to work 16 hours a day. And um, however, you need to ask yourself um, if you think you really want that. So there's a few questions here that I think for actually that I want everyone to ask themselves when they set themselves a task, a goal, a milestone. You can call it what you want. Um, first one is, do you actually want to achieve that? And we're talking about entrepreneurs here, not employed people, because obviously there's a bit different because you get goals set by the company and by your boss. I'm talking about you, your own boss, and you set your your tasks, your goals, your milestones. So do you actually want to achieve this? Because sometimes we think we need to achieve something, we need to do something, but we don't want to do it. Then is it actually your goal or someone else? So that's more in the employed thing, but maybe not, because maybe you talk to you part of a networking group and everyone is doing this one thing and you think, okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna have to do that because everyone is doing it. Guess what? You don't. <laughs> it's your life. It's your business. It's your decision. You can do what you want. <laughs> and what? It, so, and if if you do stuff that you don't want to do, you get demotivated as well. So it all comes together there again. Then the the third question is: Do you think you deserve achieving it? Because there might be some trauma, some stuff in the past that might manipulate you and you might think I, I, I really want this but I don't deserve achieving that 
And then the last question is, do you have what you need to achieve that? And that's a skill or technology or whatever it is. So these are the four questions that everyone should ask themselves. Do you want to achieve it? Is it actually your aim, your goal? Do you deserve achieving it? And do you have what you need to be able to achieve it? If any answer to any of those questions is a no, you have to change your goal or you have to dig deeper into why you said, no, I don't deserve this, resolve this and then come back to it. They should all be a yes, 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 yes answer. And then you can move ahead with that. And that's when you have the right mindset for each of the tasks. So. Yeah, that's, those are excellent questions. Um, and I think, I think you're right. Those do need to be answered with, with, with positive affirmations every time they ask them what are you doing. Because the one that comes from insanity. And I know it's like a thing that I'm getting for you is focus. You need to be on the focus. I want to that you are doing it. To perhaps too many things simultaneously, and I think that's a mistake that um, we've seen a lot with, with with some businesses that they try to do too much stuff instead of building on one sector and then going to the next one. You know, if I see someone say Berkshire, the way I try to do real estate insurance and everything else, that one one perfect thing all at the same time. You start with one thing and you expand from there. But I know examples, and I think you probably know some examples. It sounds like when people are trying, people launch, trying to launch five business ideas at the same time, and they fail because they're not giving each idea the appropriate attention that it deserves. Because it's not easy to start a business. It's easy in the sense that you know, there are certain things that you can do, like selling the backend stuff that seems fairly seem fairly easy, but you have to you have to accept that kind of responsibility and focus on it. And you try to do too many things at once. There's so many hours. There's so there's only so many hours in there. And um, you know that's the most you know, time. That's yes, that's you true. can you can't like you said you can't focus all your energy on one thing because you have multiple things going on and there is no more than 100%. When people say, I give it 150%, you can't. There's 100% and that's that. And that's with everything. And that's also with the tasks um, that you're doing and with all the businesses that you're doing, exactly what you say. But you don't have to do it all alone and you can use tools. We live in a world where there's access to everything and anything that you might want to use to automate, to be more productive, to help you not forget things um, and utilizing the tools, which is the you in output. So almost at the end of the, of the formula, but let's really make sure, check out technologies, check out tools that will help you with automating things, with getting things done things done quicker with um, making it more fun as well. So there's so many tools and out there that one of them for sure will be for you and you might want to test them. Uh, there's so many free ones out there. There's paid ones out there. There's low cost ones out there. It's for every range, something out there that you can make use of. Now I'm a fan of 
lists. Yeah? I'm a fan of to-do lists. And again you, again, you can make use of apps, of uh, maybe project management tools. Maybe you have a piece of paper. Uh, maybe you have a book where you, notebook where you write things down. It doesn't matter. Your preferred way of working is fine. Again, observe how you're doing it and then maybe try out if something else worked. So I tried so many times to use a to-do list app. They just don't work for me. <laughs> I, I need to physically cross things off. So I still write down. But I have to say, that's not for the to-do list because also this, people need to get into their head. To-do list will never be empty. Never. Never in your life, there will, in your working life, there will be an empty to-do list. <laughs> if someone dares to say the difference, please tell me uh, how you do that. However... There's a to-do list, and then I create, for example, a today list. And that's when I go onto paper. What do I need to get done today? Because a to-do list is also ongoing things, ideas. Okay, oh, I want to launch a podcast. That goes on the to-do list, but it's not on my today list. Because if you put that on your to-do list, it will never disappear. <laughs> because if you continue doing the podcast, there's always tasks. Like, you know it well. Um, and then it's lovely to think about a not-to-do list. Okay, ask yourself the question, what happens if I don't do that? If the answer is nothing, forget about it and don't do it. Put it on the to-do list. You don't, on the not-to-do list. <laughs> you don't have to do everything. I'm a big fan of scheduling things, blocking time. We mentioned that in your calendar, physically, offline, whatever you want to do. And then make use of all kinds of technologies, maybe. If you observe that you get distracted a lot and you go, for example, on social media a lot, but not for work, you see kitten videos, tiny turtles that eat strawberries, um, funny things, uh, epic failure, whatever you watching reels, YouTube shorts. If you get distracted because they're designed to keep you there, okay, they show you things that they know that you like uh, and it's impressive how different uh, the feed is for everyone um there's apps that keep you from going on those apps <laughs> okay that's on the desktop or on the phone or whatever where you can set the time and say okay i'm, I'm not self-controlled enough yet <laughs> so let's get a self-controlling app where i set four hours and i block certain sites that so that i cannot go on there so you can do um, use these kind of apps that um, everyone might have heard of the um, Pomodori tech, Pomodoro technique where you set yourself a 20-minute timer and then do five minutes something else. Um, now, I believe that can work for some tasks, but I'm also someone who's in flow for maybe a couple of hours and I don't want interruption. That That's fine as well. You need to figure out what works for you and find out what's happening. Now, there's a lot of books out there, so resources that you can do. Um, you need to think about prioritizing. Okay, how do you prioritize your task? Um, and again, I can talk about that uh, long enough. You can make use of lots of um, plugins, uh, whatever you want to call them, for your email system that automatically sorts out your email system and so on. There's so, so much more. Switch off notifications. I switched off everything on my phone for notifications, everything, um, because they do make you go into the app as soon as you see it. I have a two-minute rule. 
if something takes two minutes, I do it straight away. I don't put it even on the list. Um, and I automate as much as I can my workflow. And one very simple thing is put your phone on airplane mode. Just a few things before we then dive into the last uh, step. But uh, for now, I'm giving a little pause to digest that information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's critical to do what you're saying. It's just to experiment. You have to try out a lot of things because you know your book, the productivity formula, can teaches you teaches you the general concepts and gives you some action plans. But you still have to figure out. On your own, what works best for me? Maybe the following technique works well for you. But it's an exercise. Doesn't really work for me. I know some people have great success with it, but I like to to just try to go for like what's that time? They take lunch at the end of it. And and I think that's I think an an essential part of being and being an entrepreneur is that calculated risk taking almost. You know that you have to experiment and try a lot of different things, and there's ways to make it. But you have to learn to take a take a, take a little bit. Of it. I know an example that I know someone who wanted to um, who wanted to manage his social media networks. So I suggested to him that he try on Crowdfire, which is is basically a social media manager slash a browser application. And then he came back to me and said. Well, Tommy, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do that. Because I tell him, well, why not? This solves anything you told me you wanted this stuff to solve. And uh, he said, well, it costs $10 a month. And I said, well, I don't think it works me. It's $10 a month. Just just get the coffee at Starbucks next time. Just, yeah, I, mean, I, don't really, I don't know what to tell you. There's no commitment. Just cancel it to look a few days if you don't like it. But we have to be willing to accept that sometimes you, you'll... You'll take a lot of small failures, maybe even some big failures, and with success. And I think that's 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 something that you have to do it because the worst the worst case situation you try something out is it doesn't work for you, and maybe you lose a lot of money. But the worst case situation if you don't do anything is that you fall behind. And that's fall, yeah. and that's fall on the worst thing that can happen to your business. Yes, and I I couldn't agree more. And we said at the beginning. And that ties in beautifully what you just said. Your time is money. Your time is a currency. And you need to understand that. And if you're spending $10 a month, but it saves you five or 10 hours a, week, a month, or even more, or even less, even one hour, do you think your time is worth $10 an hour? I think, yes, that's, I think when I made that switch actually for myself in my business, because at the beginning, oh, I need to do this and I, I can't spend money and I can't outsource and I can't do this. Once you understand that your time is your currency, the most valuable currency as well, because it also will take a toll on your health and well-being otherwise. I wish I would have outsourced stuff earlier. And when I talk about outsourcing, that's investing money into tools or people that will do stuff for me. And I'm of, of course, we don't have probably a thousand dollars a month to spend immediately on stuff. But if we're talking about a tool that costs ten dollars a month, twenty dollars, maybe you spend a hundred dollars a month for saving you thirty hours of work. Please re reconsider and try it out. But then 
again, they need to work for you, exactly what you mean. If that tool specifically doesn't work, you can find another one. And there's lots of free stuff out there, but usually, no, not usually, but often you get what you pay for <laughs> as well. Oftentimes, that's the, that's the truth, you know. It's, it's that thing, you know, they, um, if it's free, you're probably the product. And so, it's not, there's uh, any sense. <laughs> that's what I think about. I mean, Facebook is free, but I know I'm the product. And they always do it. And I'm very okay with it. But uh, just have, you just have to understand that that's what it is. And you have to be willing to take those, you have to be willing to take those small hits. If, like, we have to be business, depends exactly what the business model is, but usually you will have to spend, spend like a thousand dollars or tools that's probably kill. Depending on this, but I would say like, the cost would it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect to, it wouldn't be an unreasonable spend for it to have an optimal business. And, and, um, you know, since I, that's, that's just the cost, that's just the cost of what your friends are, because otherwise you just gotta buy yourself a hot yeah, and I mean, a lot of tools offer um, a lifetime license as well. So once you find yourself using it all the time and it really helps you, maybe invest in a lifetime license where you don't pay on a monthly basis, but you pay like a chunk up front, but then you're sorted for life, basically. So I, I do that all the time. If, if I find something works really well and they do offer a lifetime license, I just pay the lifetime license. And I know I'm I'm okay, but I will use that tool forever. <laughs> um, okay, so what happens now if you observed yourself, you know you what motivates you, you set up your workflows and stuff, and then a month later you're not using any of it anymore and you're not implementing because you're falling back into your old habits. So that's where the last point of the startup uh, of the productivity formula comes in, and that's a T. In output, which is to be continued. So, how can you make sure you continue to improve, you continue to observe, you continue to implement and automate and always innovate, like they say, also such a buzzword in the in the startup world. We need to innovate uh, all the time, but it's true um, because you innovate yourself and what you're doing. So, creating habits, obviously, to make things a habit, to make it easy for you to 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 not be something difficult and then that's where it comes in you do one thing at a time so you do one thing it becomes a habit it becomes easy then you can add another thing then another thing so with everything that you observed and want to improve if you have a list of 10 points start with one <laughs> one not 10 because it will probably not work and it is an ongoing process um Reviewing the process and the system, and this is wonderful what you've said before. If you have a process in place, a system in place, you can review what you're doing and then do little adjustments or change it completely if something did not work. Find out what's working for you and also what time works for you. People are pushed into this nine to five work or in the entrepreneurial world, uh, eight, uh, seven to midnight work or whatever it is in the end. However, maybe you're a night owl and maybe you work better from the afternoon onwards. And if that works with your business and what you're doing, why not? Sometimes I know people that are based in the UK that work a lot with people in the US. So they work really late um, in the evenings. We say, yeah, I have to because uh, I have clients in the US. So 
I personally would not do that um, because also because I'm not that kind of person that works in the evening, but maybe that works for you. So if you're in the European time zone and you know that works better for you, maybe shift your client base to another time zone that then caters to that time that works for you. We talked a bit, lot about the work environment. I think the way you, you set up. So I know when my um, desk is messy, messy uh, and it gets messy a lot <laughs> because I'm having post-it notes. I have little notes here and there and a to-do list and, and little ornaments to play with uh, during the day and, and things like that. Um, I know when it's messy, my head is messy and I'm not extreme, can't focus. So sometimes I just ah, do this and then I clean up my desk and then it feels okay. Now I can focus and I can get on. And that's not a procrastination technique. That's a little psychological thing there, but it might work also for other things. Changing your work environment from time to time. If you can't do that, change your your desktop background on the computer. Okay, little things like that that give you new stimuli to your brain. Um, I would always recommend to have fixed working hours. Hmm? Uh, so... If you set yourself fixed, fixed working hours, that helps you to plan the day and that helps also your clients, your suppliers, your family, your partners to understand how you work. Right. And um, I think that's, that, that is important because one, one important thing in business certainly is consistency. And not just consistency in your internal working flow, it's consistency to the people that you work with. If they know that they won't get back to you, if they know that you will get to them in the morning, they're going to be very, very comfortable. And they're not dangerous anything. And please call them like you have it, or whenever you finish, whatever you're doing. That's, that's, that's upsetting to a client who may be depending on you for some critical part of their business. They need to know that it's not necessarily they want everything you want to do. They'll sell it or something to want you to drop it. Thank you. Good job. But now they help them out really. There's, there's always something like that. But they just want to know that you're going to attend them. They want to know that it doesn't necessarily have to be an hour. But they need to know by, say, next week that you'll have to tackle this particular issue. For that's what, that's yeah. what I need to That's what I need to know for you. They need that. They need that. They understand, usually, that it takes time. But then you want then, then that consistency from someone who's interacting with their business. Why don't we soon have time to hear that? And so I did want to ask you one last question before we left. Yeah. You kind of addressed it a little bit, but I wanted to get a little bit further. So what happens to say, you know, you go through the steps, you go through the steps, and you need to leave and you realize that maybe this particular business isn't quite for me. Maybe I don't want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe, maybe just this particular, you know, maybe you're selling, you know, you're selling a product for this thing and you've realized that. I don't like products. I want to say selling stuff for the side. How, can you give us any tips as to how as an entrepreneur when you need to let go of the business and perhaps it's time to make a shift to something else? Yes, uh, that can be very difficult. It's a very good question because Usually people invested so much time, effort, and love into their business that they subconsciously don't want to get let go, even though it's a fun factor anymore. So I would always say, make sure 
you enjoy what you're doing if you don't enjoy something anymore let go and then there's obviously some steps that need to be put into place so if you're working with clients for example um they you would need to re be able to refer them to someone else because just dropping everything every client and just saying oh i don't do that anymore thank you goodbye i think it's not good for your reputation no matter what you want to do afterwards because That's you are you just for sure Yes. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is obviously to fade out if you have uh, products in stock uh, to to don't order any more stock, to not produce any more stock. Um, and then there's all the legal sides uh, uh, as well with um, closing down things. Maybe you just want to, you, maybe you leave the, the company still there and change the name, the company name and trade under a different name. Now, so if, if if there's no reason why you should close it down and they can't be connected, then that's okay. Um, but letting go can be difficult. I've done that with um, actually three businesses. So two businesses I let go. One I didn't even um, put into action because the market research showed me it won't work. Um, it was a very difficult decision. And one I put in three and a half years of um, my, my entrepreneurial journey. Another one five years but it just wasn't my passion anymore with one of them and i thought okay someone else can have that dream now and i actually get contacted about this business idea constantly and i'm more than happy to have a chat and i always give advice and and stuff like this however i say it's not my thing anymore i'm not getting involved because i also get asked this a lot um yeah so just some thoughts on that <laughs> Well, thank you so much for hopping on to the X show today, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> excellent. So this was Christine. This was our excellent Christine Michaelis. Uh, she is the founder of the Creative Startup Academy. You can visit her at www.creativestartupacademy.com. Basically, she allows you to join up there for some free online courses as well as, well as join the community. So if you want some more entrepreneurial tips or advice, you can reach out to her. Again, the book is The Productivity Formula, which uh, is available on Amazon. Buy her. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the X Show. I host, as always, Toy Show. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us on Facebook page. You can message me there. I'm always available. Or you can uh, take, send me an email at Tony at xucapital.co. Thank you and have a great day.